Hey everyone, you're listening to the Commander's Brew Podcast. Around here, we want to bring you the funnest EDH decks possible on a reasonable budget. So, if you're a Commander player who loves an interesting brew, we're the cast for you. Hey, if you've been here a while and you're loving what we do, consider supporting our show by subscribing on YouTube or giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Or, the biggest and best support is over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash commandersbrew, where you can support us directly while joining other like-minded commander players on our Discord. But without further ado, this week's episode is Arden and Sakashima. Everybody, welcome back. It's episode 278 of the Commander's Brew Podcast. Sean, it's the brand new year, and here we are. Polish it off, right? You know, just take fresh out of the box. We just did, you know, that little layer of plastic that's oh. perfectly... We just peeled it off 2021. Yes. Some of us want to leave that layer on till like mid-January. God forbid some of us leave it on till like March some and it gets all like bubbly. Some people leave it on, man. They leave it on for the whole year. <laughs> some people love to leave that little film of plastic and they're like, it protects it. Uh, it's weird to see that on something like a TV mm-hmm. where you need to look at it or like, a, or, or like a tablet or an e-reader, anything with a screen you're meant to look at. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Man, this has really opened up a whole can of worms. I, I was gonna, we we're going to talk about, like, you know, we're in 2021 and, like, we're still doing things, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I got to say, okay, two things, all right? Let's just get into yeah. this real quick. Yeah. At Comedy Bar, our beloved yeah. Comedy Bar, where we perform a lot here in Toronto, there's a light fixture in, like, the dressing room. And on the back of that light fixture, there is this, like, light blue yes. of that stuff. And yes. you're meant to pull that off, right? Because that's just to protect it for, like, transit and when in the store and all that kind of stuff. It never got torn off. And now it's permanently stuck to it. And so then people tried to tear it off, and it now looks terrible. So that's what you get if you do that. Second of all, people who put um, screen protectors on, which are basically the same things as those, and then those things get scratched up, and they're like, well, I'm yeah. protecting my screen. But you're still looking at it. It's as if your screen was scratched. It's yeah. the, no difference. Uh, yeah, and uh, can we assume that these screen protectors are less scratch resistant than the average tablet? Exactly. There's no yeah. need for those anymore. No. Anyways, I no. What's the what's the logic there? I guess I don't you don't. It's it's not that you've chosen to look at scratches. Yeah. But you need your stuff to be in perfect condition. I think that's what it is. I think people are more concerned with, you know, keeping it nice. And mm-hmm. I understand that. You know, it's nice to keep things nice. You know, you get your nice, keep your nice things nice. Is, is a nice. Nice things are nice. Nice things are nice and it's nice to keep them nice. I get it. But when they don't even look nice, like they're not nice. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You're not keeping it nice if the whole well, uh... thing that you're doing is making it not look nice. The the most obvious argument I can think of is that like well you know I, you know I buy new technology and I put screen protectors on them because I'm going to resell it used and I want to get a good price for it mm-hmm. but it's like so you spent your whole time working this dirty scratched up thing and then you sell it off as a pristine brand new thing to someone else who's just like they're going to enjoy it more than you and they paid less because it's used but not used and look if we're talking about phones we're talking about like tablets <laughs> and stuff. Like, you're not selling that thing used for any kind of money. No. Keeping it nice. Like, you might as well just have it. Like, those screens are so... Those screens are tough to scratch these days, man. You don't need those yeah. anymore. Let me tell you. It's me and... Um, I've got I've got family members that are just... They won't hear it. They just must mm. have screen protectors at all <laughs> costs. And it's... And I look at my dad's screen protector. I was like, Dad, look at it. It's ugly. Take it off. Your screen is beautiful. He's like, all right. I got to protect it. got to protect it. Gotta protect it. Gotta protect it. Well, yeah. there's no protecting, uh, you know, a year because a year is just a bunch of numbers. It, what's happening is happening. And that means that the things that were happening last year are still happening. We still got a pandemic. We still got, mm-hmm. you know, we're still not able to gather like we want, you know, mm-hmm. still unrest. Uh, but there's also good things still happening. We're still doing the podcast. We're still recording. We're still, yeah. play, we're still playing magic online, even though. It's, magic, you know, not exactly the way we'd like it, but we're still here. We're still doing it. 
Still brewing decks. Still, still discovering decks. fun combos. Loving it. Still. Still Snoop Dogg and DRE. Yeah. <laughs> DRE is still alive, even after a brain aneurysm. Oh, wow. Thank the Lord. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Happy about that. Anyways, that's a reason. Gratitude, right? Gratitude. If there's, one thing, if there's one thing we can learn is, like, it's important to practice gratitude. So, DRE, I'm grateful you re- had a good recovery from that brain aneurysm. Yes, and, and continued uh, health. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. That's That's, should, we, should we have just a, a moment of gravi- gratitude fun. every episode? Absolutely, we should. You know, I and I think this, it's really nice that our first ever moment of gratitude on the show is for Dr. Dre. You no, know what? You know? I want to set a precedent and I want all of our future moments of gratitude to be similarly in feel <laughs> yeah okay i think we can do that now that you know sean it's not true that's not our first ever moment of gratitude that might be our first that's ever true officially titled as a yes. segment on the yes. show moment of gratitude but we yes. always have a pretty good moment of gratitude for our listeners oh my goodness absolutely every episode in fact for a very yeah. long time now uh so so th- Thank you. Right. Like this, like this moment of thanking you for listening. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. That's a big part of it. Thank you for all of the clicks and the subscribes and the five star reviews on iTunes. Uh, thank you. If you go to patreon.com slash commanders brew and help donate that way, get in on our discord for some fun chats and all of the different channels or helping us brew decks, throw in card ideas once we throw the premise out at you. Um, and you know, even still, you can go to the TCG player link. If you're going to buy some cards on the bottom of every YouTube link there, or in the podcast notes, buying cards through that link helps us out. We get a little cut there. And if you are in Canada, if that's where you're shopping from, we have got the best deal on singles from the wizard tower. We have an actual money off coupon code. Let's hear an ad from them now. The commander's brew is a podcast proudly produced in Canada. And we're proud to be sponsored by the Wizards Tower. WizardTower.com, one of Canada's premier card stores. We've got an exclusive coupon code for our Canadian listeners. To get 5% off any order of singles from the Wizards Tower, use our coupon code, BREWZENDICAR. And if you order $15 or more worth of singles, the shipping is free. You can also check out our deck list for this week's episode and any other episode we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. See you there, friend, Dickar. All right. Um, today uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on here now, and um, I've got a really fun thing that we're gonna do on the show. So like, I can't wait to just get into this. You know, um, the first time for everything, and this is gonna be our first ever game show. So I can't wait to do it. I, uh, Sean, you're our first contestant ever. I don't know if you knew this. No, uh, this is great. I- I'm in. Uh, I'm a- I love. I was born to be a contestant. This is gonna be great, and uh, it is. Um, uh, tentatively titled the price is right eh okay it sa- if you if you does this make sense if you loosen up your ears and it sounds different does that term make sense sometimes i hear other phrases in phrases uh it, but it, and i imagine my ears are loose and like letters change around it's like rhymes i guess it's sort of rhyming uh it's almost like the price is fried egg <laughs> Yeah, that's some loose ears. The price is fried, egg. Yeah, the, yeah. Or that kind of is that a rhyme? Is that, that that's not a rhyme? I don't know. It's like one of them loose rhymes. Yeah. One of them Leanne rhymes. Leanne, yeah, Leanne rhymes. Um, <laughs> can't think of another rhymes. All right, well, let's there get another one. Let's get into this game. I think it's going to be uh, a okay. lot of fun. Okay. Okay, here's how this is going to work. We are going to play a pricing game, a la um, uh, our favorite and game show, daytime game show staple, The Price is Right. We're going to play a pricing game. Sean's going to be given five cards. He's going to be given five prices along with those cards. He will have to choose whether those prices are Canadian or American prices. And each one that he gets correct corresponds to a clue that he will ha- that he will be given at the end, and if he can guess the secret card from the clues that he wins, he wins the game. 
And if he wins the game, something good happens to him. I'm sure his luck's going to follow him around. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Um, I'll be walking around with my head held high, and people will see me and be like, hey, is something different about Sean? <laughs> that's and I'll right. be like, nope, I just won a game. And if uh, if you want play play along at home, and uh, if you get the prices right, I mean, that's great. And then maybe see if you can get that secret card right. So it is a so just to start us off here, I'm just going to tell you that the secret card, of course, is an iconic commander card. It's not some super bizarre, ultra weird thing we've never seen. This is a card we all know. And love and or hate, depending on what you're all about in Commander. Um, so, yeah, there you go. And all these prices are uh, regular, like the regular printing, non-foil. Uh, if it's, unless it's only available in foil, in which case then it will be that. And you'll see because you get to know the card. You'll, you'll, I'll be telling you what card it is. Okay, so let us begin the game. Wait, don't you, you need to just do the, you need to just get a really banal bit of conversation with the contestant oh, first. That's totally that correct. just bores everyone to tears. Totally correct. I, uh, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, you know, Drew Carey, who, you know, is currently the host of The Price is Right, is more about, like, kind of making fun of the contestants okay, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, I'm ready. Hey, Sean, hey, you know, it's a, hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to be here, uh, Andy. Uh, I love the show. Hey, you know, it's uh, glad to have you here. Hey, it's a really nice beard, you know, a really great, really great job. Uh, maybe you'll buy the rest of the hair dye and uh, fill it in next time, you know. It'll all be, uh, that way it'll okay, all be one okay, color. Okay, okay great. Okay. Uh, all right, here we go. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, let's begin the game here, and uh, we're gonna obviously need our. Um, they're gonna need to. Oh, oh, I almost just showed you what the secret card was. Wow, that was terrible. Uh, okay, I can't see your screen. I know so you can't see know. my screen, but I almost just showed everybody at, oh. playing at home what the secret card was. Great. Okay, so the first card, a little bit on theme here today, because as we're recording this game show, we are also recording our episode for this week, and this episode. Uh, contains this commander. So the first card that you'll have is Sakashima of a Thousand Faces. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Sakashima of a Thousand Faces has two... Uh, we, we've got, uh, a, a, obviously, a U.S. and a Canadian price. So I'm going to give you one price. And remember, you have to guess whether that price is in Canadian dollars or is that price American dollars, okay? Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Sakashima of a Thousand Faces costs... $31. Is that Canadian or U.S. dollars? That seems high, so I'm going to say Canadian. Correct! $31 oh, okay. is can, is the Canadian price for Sakashima of a Thousand Faces. Excellent. Great start here, Sean. Starting off right. Okay. Next. And oh, by the way, all of these cards are going to be from Commander Legends, because, you know, that's fun. Sure. We love Commander Legends here. Okay. Our next card is Apex Devastator. Apex Devastator Ooh. is so I didn't read Sakashima, but the, but we all know what that is. But Apex Devastator is the eight green green ten ten the cascade 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 card. It's a mm -hmm. mythic mythic rare. Is Apex Devastator okay? Wait, <laughs> is, Apex Devastator costs twelve dollars. Is that American or Canadian? Hmm. See, this one also seems high. So I'm going to say Canadian. Ooh, incorrect. That is the American oh, price. That's expensive. By the way, the prices, uh, the, the cost of these that we're looking at, we're using our two affiliated websites, TCG Player. Uh, we're looking at the TCG Player uh, mid price, and we're looking at, uh, our, of course, our good friends over at Wizard Tower uh, for, for the Canadian prices. So moving on. So you're 1 and 0. Oh. Mm. Got that one wrong. Okay. So, But next here we have Rings of Bright Hearth. Very fun card okay. that was reprinted in uh, in Commander Legends. It's the three uh, three CMC artifact that when you can you can copy activated abilities if you pay two. Much needed reprint. Much needed reprint. Okay, Rings of Bright Hearth costs eleven dollars. Is that the American or the Canadian price? I'm gonna say American. Oh, Sean, that is the Canadian price. That's, that's good though. I mean, I know I lost, but that that's good because that means it's cheaper. That's true. Um. The American price is actually five dollars and fifty-five cents right now. 
So wow. just show you the difference between U.S. and Canadian. That's not necessarily even just dollars. Like that's you know, there's a lot of things at play there. Like the Canadian dollar isn't worth half as much as the American dollar. A lot of things yeah. happen there. Uh, oh, by the way, the the Canadian price of Apex Devastator is nineteen fifty, and the Oof. American cost of Sakashima is twenty. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we missed two here, but this is one where we can we can rebound here. Okay. Yeah. Wheel yeah. of Misfortune. It's the two in a red rare sorcery where everyone chooses a number. It's got a ton of of text on it. But yeah. Basically, it ends up with like one person takes damage, everyone wheels, one person doesn't wheel. Blah blah blah. You know the one I'm talking about. I do. Okay. Wheel of Misfortune costs three dollars and twenty five cents. Is that the American or Canadian price? Say it again. Three dollars and twenty-five cents. Three twenty-five. I'm gonna say Canadian. Oh no, that's the American no. price. Oh Dang man, it. it's gonna Dang be tough it. to get the secret card, but you still have one more chance at another clue. I thought it would be so cheap because people just hate that card. I I mean, I I thought it would be uh, cheaper as well. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, I was actually surprised as well. Okay, this one. I mean, look, I did I save maybe the hardest one for last? Yes. But oh. that doesn't mean it's not gettable. You got 50-50 shot. Okay, this one is, I believe, only available in foil. So this one is mm-hmm. the only one of the bunch that isn't just a regular one because it is AC Tyrant of Gyre Strait. This is the four blue-green legendary serpent, 5-5. Five, five. You can play an additional land on each of your turns. Whenever land enters the battlefield under control, you draw a card. It's the one from the Commander from the uh, Commander Legends Commander decks, okay? Mm. This card costs... Fifteen dollars. Is that the American or the Canadian price? Well, I and you really need this one because I only have one clue so far. And I feel that those commander ones are more locked in price, like they don't fluctuate as much because it's kind of like what's the whole deck worth and like this is worth a chunk of it. Now that does seem a little bit high to me. And I have to assume I don't know the contents of those decks, but I have to assume some of the decks are carrying some of the value in reprints no you know what now that i'm talking through i bet you i think most of these decks don't have a lot of good reprints that's my feeling on them so i'm going to say that the commander's carrying most of the weight which means that's the american price now i said it was 15 dollars. is that right yeah 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 and you're saying that that is the american price yes that is the Canadian price, $15. Oh. It's $12.05 American. Sean going one for five. Tough. Wow. That's a tough, it's a tougher game than I thought, honestly. And I should have known it because when I checked the prices, I was also surprised by a lot of them. Okay, but yeah, you still got a shot. Okay. Okay, okay. Our secret card. You know what? Yeah. We got a secret card here, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're only going to get one guess at what this card is. And you're only going to get one clue what this card is. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I could, you know, I could go off the cuff here. I could give you a bonus look because I, I feel like it's tough with only one. Okay. How about this? How about. Well, if the one. Can I hear the clue first? What if uh, is it or is it just. I'm CNC? just saying maybe I can give you a little bonus uh, look at uh, at a card. And then if you get that one right, then at least you can get another. You can get the second clue. I mean, I'll I'll take a pity question. Sure. Okay. All right. So um, let's just go with... Okay. All right. I got a good one here. Oh, wait. For some reason, that just went to a Google search. That's not what I wanted. Okay. There it is. All right. The card is Mana Drain. Blue Mana blue Drain. For the instant, Mythic. Counter target yeah. spell at the beginning of your next uh, your next main phase. You add that amount of colorless to that spells converted mana cost. Now, this printing. Okay, let me just check up the other price real quick here. Okay. All right. So. Okay. Fifty-two dollars and six cents. Is that the U.S. price or is that the Canadian price? Now, I know this card stayed pricey. I'm going to say that's U.S. That is correct. That is the American price. Okay. That is the American price. You got it on the bonus, so that's going to be two correct. That means you get two clues. Okay. 
Okay. Again, these are, you know, it's still going to be very tough. I'm going to be honest with you. Two clues, not really enough to, to narrow it down. However, I'll start, I'll start you off here. Clue number one is that this iconic commander card is a green creature. Okay. Okay. You get okay. two, you get two kind of in one there. Okay. Yeah. It's a green creature yeah. and it is a five, five. Those are a your two creature. clues. Oh my goodness, that's the hardest. Like, like I can't think of any green creatures that are five fives off the top of my head. I can think of a ton of four fours and five threes and four. And you know, is it God Eternal Ronus? God Eternal Ronus. Is that your final guess? Yes. I'm sorry, oh, no. Sean. That I can, is. I just thought it is not God Eternal Ronus. Can I have another guess? What was your second guess going to be? Um, the dinosaur that lets you play another land. Ooh, that's a very good one. That's a very good guess. That is an iconic commander card. However, the iconic command we commander card we were looking for is Avenger of Zendikar. Seven oh. mana, five five green creature. Uh, yeah. The other clues were uh, a seven CMC. Uh, uh, originally from Zendikar. Uh, has a landfall ability, and then just you get the whole card text. Uh, wow, excellent, uh, excellent job though, Sean. You, honestly, that's a tough game. That was fun. Two out of six ain't bad. That's you know that's one and three, so that's not bad. Yeah. Um, how did you play? How did you fare at home, everyone? Did you play along? Did you do well? Did you know right off the top? Did you do you know because you're looking at these prices all the time? Are you keeping up to date on those? Because it's tough. It's tough, especially if you're not looking at those Canadian prices. You got. It's it's tough to know. So you, rings of bright hearth, because I I never I I don't think I looked at that price once since it got reprinted. I did, and I would have I could have I would have definitely guessed what you did. I would have definitely guessed that eleven dollars is the American price for it, because I think at first it was that it was like twelve dollars American. Oh, I don't it was still twenty something Canadian. Uh, yeah, no, um, but instead it's dropped quite a bit, and you can get it for five fifty and. You know, I, did. I thought of this the other day when I was uh, playing with uh, 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 Rachel Weeks, and she said that uh, she's like, everyone should go buy this card. It's the Acroma's Acroma's Will, the yeah, the the white one. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, it's only yeah, two dollars, yeah. and I was like, I better go pick a few up. This card, this card is great. I gotta go get it. And you look at the Canadian website; it's like, oh, it's like five dollars Canadian. It's different. Yeah. It's not the same. Uh, but great job. Thanks for playing along. And um, hey, next time, maybe we'll get that victory. You know, next time, maybe we'll get we'll get it going. Thanks for playing The Price is Right, eh? And remember to get your uh, to get your Fibble Thips spayed and neutered. And don't lose them. They're, they have trouble finding their way home. Uh, all right. We'll see everyone next time. Goodbye. All right. Okay. Uh, Sean, what do you say we get into this week's deck tag? How about that? I would love to. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. It's Sakashima and it's Arden. It's a brand new deck tag from us, your boys, Commander Brews. Commander's Brew, not Commander Brews. That's a whole different podcast. The Commander Brews. <laughs> it's all about that just like uh, high-ranking military official punching you in the shoulder and you get that Commander Brews. Yep. Uh... <laughs> uh, but this one is uh, this one was a fun deck. This one started off um, with a little uh, cracking some commander um, uh, commander legends packs, seeing what I opened, and then getting inspired from the legendaries that we got in those packs. So I remember I opened up uh, opened up Arden and opened up Sakashima, which Sakashima being one of the pricier cards in the in the format, um, yeah, oddly enough, and like. I, at the time, I had no idea, so I wasn't like super jacked about it. But uh, but now that I've seen <laughs> uh, how much that card is, how expensive it is, I'm very happy about it. So uh, it's a fun deck. Uh, it starts with it, you know, because we got Sakashima, and because that's the way we're kind of leaning. Um, this uh, this deck ends up playing like like we have two Ardens. That's kind of the whole thing. Now we have some some Sakashima. Um, uh, synergies in here, but really we're leaning more towards uh, the Arden side of things. And I'll just let's just read the commanders that we're dealing with here. Uh, starting with Arden, um, it's two, Arden is two and a white uh, core scout, legendary creature, two two. 
Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to target permanent or player. Um, and it has partner. And then, of course, we also have Sakashima of a thousand faces. Sean, you want to read Sak Sakashima for us here? Sure. Three in a blue for a legendary human rogue. Three one on the printed text box. However, you may have Sakashima of a thousand faces enter as a copy of another creature you control, except it has Sakashima of a thousand faces other abilities. Those other abilities are the legend rule doesn't apply to permanence you control and partner. I think the intended use is you would make Sakashima with partner a copy of your other legendary partnered commander as a way to get double a double dip on our den's ability. Yes, absolutely. And that is one of the main things we want to do in this deck, being able to move around auras and or equipment. Um, if we can do it twice, that's even better. That just helps the strategy. But like I said, also we have a couple little neat moves uh, regarding just Sakashima as well as uh, supporting our Arden thing. So I also just looked uh, today on EDH Rec, um, and these are not two partners that show up on that website. These are not two partners nice. that people have decided to pair together, at, at least very often. Uh, it's under the threshold of I don't know what is it like five decks or something. So if you're if you're looking for a, a, a different brew, this this is something for you. Um, let's take a look at the basics, the vegetables here. Um, what the deck is aiming to do on the whole is we're looking to enchant our opponent's creatures and equip our opponent's creatures where we um, normally couldn't obviously equip our opponent's creatures. That's where we get really sort of unique. But a lot of this is based around control magic and stuff like that. Now, I know you're saying, you're saying like, wait a second, control magic in our den. That doesn't make any sense. We can control magic our opponent's stuff without our den. We don't need our den to move, like put the aura on it, right? Well, the great thing about our den and control magic type abilities, uh, by the way, control magic two and two blue for the aura that's just enchant a creature and you, you control enchant a creature, um, is that we can move them around. Like, you can control magic the first thing that they drop. No problem. You don't have to worry about, you know, am I using this on the good enough creatures? Take their land of war elves. Who cares? Get some mana. Take their whatever else. Take their something small. Um, it doesn't matter because later on, when they do drop something good, you can just, you can move the control magic over, over to that creature. Um, other spells that do the same thing. We got Corrupted Conscious in here. This is the, the five mana version of... Uh, of control magic that gives the creature infect. So if we steal a big flyer or something, this card's incredible when it comes to that. Uh, and this is now officially an infect deck. Exactly. All of a sudden. <laughs> uh, because don't forget, Sakashima will be able to come in and uh, copy uh, creatures, any kind of creatures we have. Now, we'll be able to copy the abilities that like Corrupted Conscious gives on it, but we can, if we steal a good creature, Sakashima can come in and copy that creature. So that's a, that's another line of play that we like to see in this yeah. deck. Um, <clears throat> we also have Confiscate, which is a, a four and two blue. Uh, enchant permanent. You control Enchanted permanent, uh, which is like kind of an easier version of um, like the, the Nicol Bolas one, which we also have in here, which then makes the permanent legendary. Luckily, Sakashima, we don't care if it's legendary. We can still yeah. copy it. So that's great. Um, so that's the base. Now, I know I've spoken in the past about control decks and how, like, it can make people mad and it can make people target you. People hate getting their stuff stolen. This is very true. Truly. But truly. if you're cool about it with our den and you're moving things around, you get to do this every combat, right? You get to move something around. You can take something new every time. I think you're kind of better off to do that. Um, so let's say, like, Sean's got a 5-5. Five, five, you know, Butler's got a 2-2. Two, two, uh, uh, Mike's got a 1-1. One, one. If I take Sean's 5-5 five, five first and do whatever I want with it the next turn, I'd, I'd consider the next the turn after that to move it to the 2-2. Two, two. Move it to something else. Because even if someone attacks you, you can still block with that thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd suggest spreading that around. Now, obviously, the, the game state and the board state will dictate what, you, you know, what the best play is here. But if it's kind of all the same... If you can just do, if you can just move it around to different stuff, that might be good for you. Now you'll know best people you're playing with in the board state, like I said. But I would consider trying that out, and I, I'd like to put this deck together to try those things. Um, Sean, what's another uh, form of the basics here? We got to get some card draw going, right? Yeah, sure. So Sram, Senior Edificer, one and a white for a legendary dwarf advisor, two two. Whenever you cast an aura, equipment, or vehicle spell, 
I don't know how many vehicles there are, but we've definitely shown a bunch of auras already and some equipment's coming up. You get to draw a card. And this is a great target for Sakashima as well, like in the like in the mid-level while you're developing to get two draws off of casting things. That's pretty sweet. Um, how about Misa Enchantress? One white white for a human druid, zero two. Whenever you cast an enchantment, draw a card. There it is again. And Transcendent Envoy, one and a white enchantment creature griffin, one two, for when it also flies. Aura spells you cast cost one less. Getting a control magic for three down there is pretty cheap. I don't know why, but for some reason, the version that it's showing me on Scryfall for Transcendent Envoy is the French one. Oh, I know why. Did I spell Transcendent? I must have spelled Transcendent wrong. Yeah, you spelled it Transcendent. Ah, Transcendent. Well, Representant, Transcendent. Uh, 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 colorless, a blanc. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And just just so that we can be complete in German, it's Uber Discher Boat. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. None of it beats my favorite foreign uh, translation of Swords to Plowshares, which is yep. in uh, Italian, which is Das Bad, Aspig. It has a, it has an exclamation point and everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. These are great cards, right? This is the stuff we want. Um, uh, because not only are we going to be able to draw cards off of SRAM and Mesa Enchantress and Core Spirit Dancer, um, Transcendent Envoy is going to help us cast the card, obviously. Uh, Spirit Dancer and Transcendent Envoy become uh, also things to things that like will get boosted. So I know, again, we've got a lot of like control magic type stuff going on here. But there is a world where we um, will be playing some of the some other types. We got some equipment in here. Uh, we've got some uh, some other enchantments that do similar things that will also boost power and stuff like that. Well, there is a world where we're going to want to put that on one of our creatures and maybe get in. Um, it's not a super common thing, but uh, again, you'll see as we as we go on how that's going to be uh, become apparent and become something we want to do. Um, okay, well, I mean, those are that truly is the the, the base. This is an Azorius deck that's. We're all, we're all about enchantments and art, uh, uh, auras and, in some ways, artifacts and equipment. So let's dig a little deeper here and let's check out some of these neat moves. Working on a neat moves. We're just going to take a second to handle a little bit of business. And the main point is, thanks for watching. If you want to see more of our comedic takes and offbeat decks, consider subscribing to our channel and hitting that bell to make sure you don't miss anything. And if you're loving our stuff and want to support further, the best way is to head over to patreon.com slash Find out how our generous patrons keep our show growing and how you can get in on the brewing action too through our Discord. Or, if you'd rather, just hang out and play some games with like-minded commander players. Now, let's get back to those anything. All right, so um, starting with neat move number one, uh, Sean, this is a simple one. Uh, it's, yeah, you just go ahead and read it, and I think you'll be able to figure out what we want to do with this. Skull Clamp, equipped creature gets plus one, minus one. When equipped creature is put into a graveyard, draw two cards, it equips for one, and you cast it for one. This is obviously great to wear on our own creatures, so we can kind of get a little insurance policy if anything happens to him we get a couple cards out of it but if we manage to control magic an x1 from our opponent's side we can just kill it along with drawing a couple cards this way ah uh, yes but we don't have to control magic the thing first we can just arden skull clamp right on to our our opponent's tokens oh that's amazing yeah we can do it to them with our den's ability so skull clamp uh, if there's any x1s one toughness creatures out there uh yeah skull clamp gets to Move Three over there, cards. Uh, and and that and because of the way it's worded, we get the cards from Skull Clamp. It's not the it's not the controller of the creature that dies. Right, it's, it's who controls the equipment, which is still us. Um, some other cool synergies here. A little neat move with our our uh, our boy Arden. Is our boy right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Captain's Hook, and there's two other uh, uh, equipment that are very similar to it. Um, but basically, Captain's Hook gets plus two plus zero. Oh, has some extra text about being a pirate uh but that's not necessary that won't be a thing plus two plus so menace uh and whenever captain sook becomes unattached from a permanent destroy that permanent and it has equipped for uh -huh. one so we can you know there is there is a world like i was saying where we throw this on a transcendent envoy and we you know it becomes a, 
an actual uh, beater in this in the air. Same thing with Grafted War Gear. Equip creature gets plus three, plus two. It's a three mana artifact that equips for zero. But when it becomes unattached from a permanent, you sacrifice that permanent. Stitcher's Graft, same thing. One mana, equip creature gets plus three, plus three. Whenever it attacks, it doesn't untap during its controller's un next untap step. Whenever Stitcher's Graft becomes unattached from a permanent, you sacrifice that permanent and has equipped for two. Well, again, our Den's just going to be able to put these things on our opponent's creatures. For uh, free. For free. Um, and then if we move it off of those creatures onto something else, the original creature that had it on that, was, that it was equipped with must be sacrificed. And those three equipments, cumulative equip cost is three. Yeah, that's so right. for three mana, we can have three creatures dealt with on our opponent's boards. That's wild. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with throwing a skull clamp on it, then a captain's hook, then moving the captain's <laughs> right. hook off and drawing the cards. It's pretty incredible stuff. So, right. I mean, this is kind of why we want more than one Arden, right? This is why Sakashima comes into play and says, you know, I'll just be an Arden because now I get to move two things at once. Now I can put the cap or i can stack the triggers I, I i think where captain's hook goes on and then we'll actually move captain hook onto something else uh, and you can get the kill in that turn if you want so that's six creatures down for three mana <laughs> so you know that's that's something that is is pretty fun to do um and that's a lot of them have to get sacrificed too so like the hook destroys but the other two you have to sacrifice it so right. you can get rid of indestructible creatures this way um, there is also, uh, oh, I didn't include it in the, in the, I'll just do it right now. Uh, there's also a little card in here, um, called carry away, which is blue, blue. It's an enchant equipment aura. Uh, it, it, when it comes into play, you unattach enchanted equipment and you control the enchanted equipment. So again, you can just, you can use this, I guess, if you wanted to unattach a captain. So like, even though you do already control it, it's still two mana to get something dead, which is fine if they've dealt with your Arden or something or you know more importantly you can just get to steal someone's equipment which is also pretty nice in a deck that can you know we care about equipment over here so um carry has got some nice synergy there um check out this next one sean this is a cool one uh it's the original flip cards kitsune mystic uh, the, all the text is crammed into the top of the card because <laughs> you have to rotate it like double tap like 180 degrees so it starts off as a two three at the end, it's three and a white. At the end of turn, if Kitsune Mystic is enchanted by two or more enchantments, pretty easy with our den at the helm, flip it. And then when it flips, it becomes Autumn Tail, Kitsune Sage. One, generic. Move target enchantment enchanting a creature to another creature. That's like, we don't even have to control or own these ones. Exactly. And it's just what we do and what we want to do in this deck. I mean, yes, Arden gets to do it once at the beginning of combat, and that's fine for what we're doing, and it's pretty fun. But if we can flip the Kitsune uh, Mystic into an Autumn Tail Kitsune... Kitsune? Kitsune? I feel like it's Kitsune. I don't, <laughs> well, whatever. Probably. Who knows? Uh, then you're just simply playing one generic to move an enchantment uh, to anything. any That's enchanting a creature to another creature. Very powerful stuff, and when you get rolling, that ability is just... You can do it at instant speed, meaning that you can move your control magic onto something else and just in instant speed gain control of it. That's a very powerful ability. So this card, one of the best cards of the deck, probably. Super easy to get this going. Like you, e You'll easily... Think about it. When you get the original, the Kitsune Mystic down, you throw a control magic on it. You throw... You don't even have to throw another one on it. You can just move the one that you already have you can use our den to move it on and then it flips right and then pay two to get those off of it again and move it somewhere else it's it's you can do that all in you can basically do that in one turn again if you already have one out there um that's great it's a, it's a lot of fun uh these are some commander's brew classic cards i love these uh faith reward and brought back faith reward i'll just read faith reward because they're very similar cards three and a white for the instant return to the battlefield all permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn these are great in this deck because uh and we've got other similar things that, re that return a lot of enchantments and stuff but face rewards is really great because you'll oftentimes you'll do something where you move a, a card over you gain control of a creature 
you don't you're not going to get hex you're not going to get like uh haste or anything right so you can't attack with those creatures right away but a lot of times you will be able to keep up mana because people will attack into those like your opponents will want to come in and try and kill those force you to block with those creatures so that you don't get the the full value of it but you can just face reward after you did that or of course after a board wipe all permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn come back and then they can equip something new so if there's something that makes you know board wipes it's like probably less good because you'll just get your creatures um actually it's not even less good you'll get your creatures and you'll get your auras back they just have to enchant your own creatures which is fine with our den because our den will eventually move them around right so right. there's multiple multiple ways, but it's never bad to have four mana up with a face reward in the face of either a board wipe or some important thing with a bunch of auras and equipment on it being killed. So face rewards great. Uh, oh, this is a fun one. This is one. This was a big one in the in the Discord. Uh, this was uh, given to us by uh, I believe a couple of the other the patrons over Discord suggested this one. Yeah, it's Captivating Glance. Uh, two and a blue, it's an aura, enchants a creature, but at the end of your turn, you clash with an opponent. Uh, clashing means you both flip the top of your library, and whoever has the card with the, is it the highest? Whoever has the highest CMC above about the revealed cards wins the clash. And then everyone has the option to put them on, to leave them on the top or put them on the bottom. So you, whenever you clash, you also give your opponent basically a scry. So... But so whoever wins the clash gets the enchanted creature. This card was designed to be cheaper than control magic, but you don't always keep it because, you know, your opponents might win a clash and you might have to give this creature away. Not with Ardeen, though. Like, it'll go, it'll, you just keep moving it back to, it's, you gotta wait till your next combat step, but uh, this is not that bad of a disadvantage. Yeah, like you'll still get it, right? Like you'll, yeah. They might get, they might get it back, and that, and if they do, you just get it back the next turn. So, it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty, it works pretty well. Uh, I gotta say, and the fact that it costs three is really nice. Nice to get a cheaper version of of those generally pretty expensive auras. Um. There's also a nice little, uh, like I said, like, you know, occasionally we'll want to suit someone up, right? We'll want to put some of the actual equipment. There's not that much of it, but like, like I said, like we've got some of those things that like sacrifice things like that. Well, they can actually turn your creatures into serious beaters and it can be uh, a, 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 a way to victory. Uh, Helm of the Gods is a great card in this deck. It's a single uh, generic mana for an artifact. It's an equipment. Uh, equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each enchantment you control and it only equips for one. So, like, oftentimes this will just be a one mana plus three plus three uh, equipment that equips for one, which is, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you pair it up, it, it starts, and it grows, too. It grows as the game goes. Also, like, the if you want to throw this on uh, my, I think, I don't know if it's my favorite uh, creature in the deck, because there's not that many creatures in the deck, but Daxos of Miletus, one uh, white and a blue for a legendary human soldier, two, two. Daxos can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater. So obviously very good to suit him up and make him b bigger than the 2-2 that he is. And when he deals combat damage to a player, you exile the top card of that player's library. You gain life equal to that card's converted mana cost. Until end of turn, you may cast that card and you may spend mana or any, any color to cast that card, to cast that spell. This is a, a quip, sorry, this is a, a um, an ability that I don't really see in blue-white anymore, right? This is really like this is like a blue red ability these days. Now, obviously, obviously, Daxos is blue, so it's not like it's off color pie or anything. But it's just a great mix of cards. You see this in blue black, right? Like you see blue black, blue red ish kind of feel. Like it feels like more of a Grixis thing. Anyways, so we got this great Azorius legendary creature that can wear some equipment, wear some auras, and get in for damage, gain you life. It's this card is very underrated. Very good card. In this type of deck, of course. Totally. Talking about neat, neat moves, Sean. This is uh, this might be the neatest move of the. These these might be the neatest moves of the whole deck. I'm listening. Uh, you're saying you're gonna read oh, these two cards. Uh, infinite reflection, five and a blue. It's an aura and chance a creature. When it enters the battlefield, attached to a creature. Each other non-token creature that you control becomes a copy of that creature. 
non-token creatures you control enter as a copy of the enchanted creature. It makes every non-token the same, whether they come in later or whether they start here. Well, we've gone around and we've control magic all of our all of our opponents' creatures, and like I said, who cares? Throw it, get grab a land of war elf. It doesn't matter. Grab something that they don't. They're, they're not going to be super mad at you for for stealing. Grab a bunch of those. You know, get five or six cre non-token creatures out there, and then play infinite reflection on the actual biggest thing on the board. And yeah. bam, there you go. Now you have five or six of those things. Um, yeah. Right. Sakashima's will is a sorcery that does a very similar thing. Three and a blue. Choose one. If you control a commander, you can choose both. Target opponent chooses a creature they control, and you get control of it. And then choose a creature you control. Each other creature becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn. It's a nice way to overwrite if they give you something dorky. You can be like, yeah, but I'm going to also make them all into these huge things. So thank you. And this ends up being the kind of sub-strategy to the deck, right? We're stealing creatures to kind of... We, we want to do this right when infinite reflection uh, enters the battlefield attached to a creature each other non-token creature right so we want to get a bunch of non-token creatures and we want to do that through our auras now here's the crazy thing though these are like the only two cards in all of magic that do this you like i i for some reason thought that there was a whole bunch of these cards that did this effect isn't there a blue white one with that little changeling with the big eyes oh What's uh, that? Must be a different wording or something. I know the card you're talking about, but I think that's yeah. all creatures become that, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Anyways, anyways, like I, there, there may be one or two. There may be a couple outliers. In which case, put them in the deck. I, I maybe I missed them because of like my wording and my searches. Although the dis, the Discord was right there with me. We were all like, man, there's only two cards like this. Um. But I, but now that you mentioned that card, Sean, I mirror mirror weave mirror weave or something. Uh, like that. Maybe take a look. Um, it's a Lorwyn esque card. It's from that block, one of those blocks. It is mirror weave. Mirror weave. Yeah, that affects the whole board, not oh. just your stuff. So like that's not terrible. That's still in line. I would still I would still definitely think about including that card in this deck. In fact, I probably would include it. Um, that might be why, because I think I might have been searching for just stuff that changes my own field, right? Um, but yeah, right. this is kind of our, our sub strategy, and I think that uh, again, it's you know you can't just be building up tokens because for each thing, it's 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 mostly like like the infinite reflections is all non tokens, unfortunately. Um, so, anyways, yeah, there we go. Uh, also, Sakashima allow if you have Sakashima and you have turned Sakashima into a copy of any whatever legendary creature. You can then have it be a whole host of legendary creatures. So if you have something like, oh, I don't know, a stolen Atali. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying. Even obviously, a gore claws insane. Right? I'm just saying any sick creature, right? Like any sick legendary creature. Well, you can turn your whole board into those legendary creatures. The legendary rule doesn't apply at that point. Uh, that's anything, where the fun starts. Anything with Annihilator on it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just turn it into a bunch of the, the big Eldrazi. Wow. Uh, you'd love to do it. You'd love to have that happen. You um, would. Uh, so, yeah. And there's still two more things I wanted to touch on here. Uh, first is um, Bruna, Light of Alabaster, is a great card in this deck because not only do we have a lot of the stuff in the deck where we um, we can pull enchantments back to our hand. We have like that. There's an artifact that does that. We have the face reward. But Bruna's incredible because because of her ability. So Bruna's three, white, white, blue. So six total for a 5-5 five, five legendary angel. Flying and vigilance. When she attacks or blocks, you may attach to, to it any number of auras on the battlefield and you may put onto the battlefield, attach to it any number of aura cards that would enchant it from your graveyard and or hand. Every time I read Bruna, I'm just blown away by these abilities. Uh, I used to have a Bruna deck and it was... I mean, for back then when we were playing, it was, like, very, very good. Um, yeah, so Bruna just gets all of your auras out onto the battlefield. And they all they all uh, are attached to her. Uh, so they get it all from the graveyard. They get it all from wherever else. Um, now, now, you um, you may, right? So you don't, have, you don't have to take things off of things that exist already. You can leave all your other control magics out there or whatever. Um, 
But again, you can take them from the graveyard from your hand. They're all going to be on Bruna. And then, of course, Arden's going to be able to move those around. So, like, you're just happy to have that happen. It's great. Um, gets really good Bruna with, the, like, the equipment, uh, the, the Helm of the Gods, because she brings all, all everything back. So Helm of the Gods gets really big, you know. So it's a lot, a lot of fun. Really, really good. Um, finally, these last two, I learned this lesson from our friends over at the CCO podcast. Uh, I can't remember. I It's... It's an older episode of theirs, but it's their copy clone uh, deck. It's where they talked about using stuff that draws your opponent's cards because you want your opponents to be doing things. You want your opponents to be playing cards. So these next two are really good for that. Right. Temple Bell, three for an artifact. Tap. Each player draws a card. Ding, ding, ding. Everyone loves you. And then Kami of the Crescent Moon, a little blue butt man. Blue, blue, legendary spirit, one, three. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player draws an additional card. These are cards that your opponents like to see because, as you say, that draws them cards. They get to do more things. And since we're looking to copy, more targets for us. And here's the secret about playing against a deck like this. Like, you kind of just have to play it out. Like, obviously, don't play something that they're going to steal and kill you with on, you know, right away or anything. But it's kind of better to, like, just play out your th- play out your stuff get it out there kind of like trying overwhelming them like because they can't you can't play a, a, a corrupted conscious every turn you can't play you know you, you only have so many of these and and so like just play against them like like don't get into the, the thing where um you're holding back all your creatures and you're afraid to play something because they'll steal it i really think that if the whole table might have to team up on the on the person but just play it and and get after that person if if they're becoming a problem that's why on our side where we're playing this deck move it around shift it around don't try not to try to draw as less attention as possible while playing the stealing deck which can be hard so you might have to politic a little bit but these two cards temple bell and kami are going to go a long way with that um with that politicking you know maybe maybe take their second best thing knowing that we can then later you know drop uh, infinite reflections on their actual best thing right so uh-huh. and and these cards will help us dig to that so that so hopefully that will be a, a nice strategy there Woo! Uh, let me tell you this was a lot of fun this this deck it's a lot of fun to think about because a little off the beaten path it's a little it's like it's using an ability we don't see that often where you get to free equip you know and attach stuff uh, that's already on the battlefield like that's a very cool ability from our den sakashima the legendary rule doesn't apply like that's a lot of fun um another great thing about that is that you can steal multiple of the same commanders if you <laughs> if that's available to you right right if you have right. Sakashima out there so that's <clears> nice <throat> um but yeah it's a it's it's a cool like you know it's a it's a unique angle uh, on this type of thing i think and it's a lot of fun our discord helpers i mean we had so i mean it's it's i mean the, the, it was over a really long period of time so it was tough to nail them all down but i know like all the all the all the, the people you hear us say basically every week we're in there. Um, uh, you know your chiefies, your 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 Dylans, our uh, our, our Papadios. You know, uh, uh, anyways, we had all, all these guys were in there helping us out with this deck. Dio Maxis always coming with the spice, like like Sean said last episode. It's very true. Everyone coming with the spice on this one, um, and it was a lot of fun. So uh, thanks always to our Discord helpers for for really helping helping pull this this deck together. Um, well, we talked about come to the end of the of, of the main portion of the deck here. We've talked about our our, our Discord folks. That means that it is, uh, I believe, time for the budget report. Uh, this one, I'm very happy to report, is a very inexpensive deck. Um, we're looking at a TCG mid of around eighty dollars. Oops. Uh, depending on, um, you know, depending on versions and stuff like that. And a low of around, it was like I found out to be like mid to low 40s. Uh, so that's pretty nice. Um, you can even get this lower. Now, normally we don't we don't include the commander if it's really pricey because we're always like, you know, it's a new set. Maybe you open this commander or something. Um, so this is counting the 20 to $24 Sakashima um, that, uh, that, that you can get. So like... If you already have Sakashima, if you're like me and you ha- you were lucky enough to crack one in a pack, you're looking at a what like a fifty five dollar deck here, and that's just the the mid price. Um, yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, otherwise, it's still not out of the realm of possibilities that you just pick one up and put the deck together because it is a lot of fun. Um, 
some of the more expensive cards, though. Uh, we had Rite of Replication, uh, which kind of, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not surprised this card is up and around 650 because we have talked about it before, but, you know, it's a very good commander card, obviously, so I guess that makes sense. 650 is getting to be a lot for me, personally, though. It's, it's a card I kind of take out of some decks. Some decks really want it, like this one, but some it's like, you can find similar abilities. Sure. Uh, the next most expensive card is Overwhelming Splendor. That's the Aura Curse that enchants a player for six white-white. Enchanted creatures that Enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power toughness 1-1. One, one. And the Enchanted player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities. So it's just down to Planeswalkers and like mana dorks. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't mention is that um, Arden moves auras onto players as well if you want so right being able to uh, slide an overwhelming splendor off of someone and onto another person can be really it can be a really interesting and important move to make in, in your game so uh yeah. yeah that eight mana aura has some has some like uh what's it called like maneuverability there uh and finally uh we mentioned it already but skull clamp is uh, almost five bucks usd these days which is this is a card that fluctuates because they do reprint it a lot. So you can find versions for cheaper than this a lot of the time. You can, and then some versions are a little higher. The one I saw was four fifty, and I feel like I've seen this for cheaper. Maybe it's had a recent uh, kind of climb back up, but it is one of those ones that we just play it so much. It's so good. Commander decks just want this card, no matter kind of no matter what you're doing, really. So really good. Um, if we're talking about no budget limit, I didn't have anything specific. I, I thought like. I thought maybe if you just if budget was no option like it wasn't a problem for you just I think maybe some of the swords might work out actually because you know depending on if you wanted to lean on a little bit more of the suit up your own guys occasionally kind of thing there wasn't anything that was really pricey that was really on theme for us that was like prohibitive you can obviously play some big cards like some expensive cards like mana drain and stuff like that obviously but yeah uh, maybe some neat equipment might might be something to think about there all right well um we've talked about our 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 budget uh and i believe we did get an invitation Ooh, yeah uh to a very prestigious very prestigious award show uh sean I, do you have any indication as to what that may be yes oh you do yes <laughs> what is it Yes, I do. It is the 69th annual Audric Awards. Nice. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful to be here. Um, uh, oh, wow. Look at that, Sean. It's, uh, it's Sakashima. Sakashima is here. I, I, you know, I almost didn't recognize you uh, under your Crark mask. But I could definitely tell because goblins don't wear that much blue. Uh, and uh, hello to Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, sure. Jim Carrey, Canadian comedy icon. Jim I Carrey. A world comedy icon, true. really, if you think true. about his canon. Yeah, that's true. Although if you watch Entertainment Tonight in Canada, they will remind you every single time they ever mention his name that he's Canadian. Uh, they do that with every, every Canadian celebrity. Anyways, uh, Sean, we've got the uh, duty tonight of uh, introducing and uh, presenting a, a wonderful award. And this award is one that, you know, really hits home for me. It's uh, really something special. And I, uh, I want to give away tonight the award for my favorite counterspell art and the award for my favorite counterspell art goes to goes to tempest counterspell art yes that's right thank you uh yes that's right it's the audrix counterspell from tempest has one blue blue counter target spell the weird red mage getting completely owned by some blue mage countering their spell 
What is this bizarre getup they're wearing? Uh, what spell were they trying to cast? Looks like it may have been a lightning bolt. Uh, why are they just standing in front of that brick wall? Is that the outside of an elementary school, or were they trying to do stand-up? What's happening in this card? I mean, it was probably a lousy spell in the first place. It's something with red electric electricity, something. And I just love how that part of their, whatever that thing they're wearing, like they're like, they got like a robe on, but there's part of it that comes up and covers the chin, which yes. you can always tell that you're part of some kind of evil organization if your headpiece like encompasses the chin as well. Feels like either your outer That's space true. Flash Gordon like or some kind of weird cult. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, Counterspell from Tempest. Thank you very much. Uh, also, get a load of that face. That is just the face of a surprised mage. I love it so much. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Thank you, uh, the Tempest Counterspell. And thanks, everyone. We will see you all next week right here back on Commander's Brew. Goodbye. Good night. Thanks for watching. If you love what we're doing, consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash commandersbrew. And if you want to get any of the cards from our deck list, go to our TCG Player affiliate link below. That helps us out too. And for a free way to help us out, consider sharing the show with some friends. Like and subscribe, add a comment or two. See you later. Bye.